Hi, everybody, and welcome to Mecha Dragon, a podcast about all the geeky and nerdy stuff you love. Brought to you by Captain Geek and the Dark Nerd. I'm your Captain Will. And I'm your nerd, as always, Jess. Today we're talking WandaVision, specifically episode 8, which is titled Previously on... Now, we are going to uh, react to and analyze this episode, talk about where the show could be headed, explain a bit of what's going on to the best of our ability, make some predictions for the wider MCU based on what's happening in the show, perhaps spin a little tinfoil, which is one of my favorite things to do. Spin in the tin. And point out some evidence from the show that supports our wild theory crafting. Although, you know, with this being the penultimate episode, uh, you know... Uh, there's... Which I'm not happy about. Yep, yep. So, so let, let's let's get into it though. So, first of all, huge spoiler warning. Uh, many, many, many spoilers for this episode of One Division. So, if you have not seen this episode yet, hit pause on the podcast, go watch it, and, uh, and then come back. And uh, hopefully, yeah. And if you haven't watched it yet, uh, be aware in the first two minutes, uh, Vision dies. <laughs> Spoiler alert, folks, although that's not a real spoiler. Okay. It is a real spoiler because they show the cutscenes of Infinity War where Vision dies. True, but, I mean, that already mm-hmm, happened. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, it was in the recap. Mm-hmm. So so it was interesting, though, that in the recap... So we're getting into it now. So it was interesting that in the recap, you know, that they actually showed that stuff from Infinity War because, you know, it obviously it has some emotional resonance for why... Wanda, you know, got everybody into this whole mess in the first place. Right. Right. And so then we go straight to like we're in Agatha's basement. Right. And basically, you know, the majority of this episode is Agatha trying to tease out information from Wanda and kind of going on a tour of, you know, her memories to try and figure out, in her words, how she got the big guns, you know. And first of all, I'm very happy to get be getting more of Catherine Hahn as Agatha proper and not just Agatha pretending to be Agnes. Right. Because, my God, Agatha, uh, or Catherine Hahn is, like, is great. I just, I can't, I enjoyed that Agatha all along thing so much. And she was so gleeful in, you know, her, her performance and being, you know, the evil-ish witch that she is. It was just really fun to watch. Um, she, yeah, and yeah. the way she plays the role, it's like it starts off, like I mentioned during our watch through, where in the beginning she's the 1950s nosy neighbor and she's got that, hey, neighbor, what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and that just that weird personality. But that kind of is part of who she is as Agatha Harkness. She's still got that that kind of weird, you know, angle to her approach to, to talking and communication and stuff. And she's hilariously strange. She is a bit strange. She is a bit strange. And she plays it so much. It's so much fun to watch her act out. The well, actually, I have to correct myself because uh, we don't immediately start there. We immediately start with Agatha's flashback. Right. Bum, and bum, bum. one of the things that struck me about this flashback sequence, uh, which I really enjoyed, was... A, you know, they are really leaning into the magic stuff now in the MCU, you know, Mm -hmm. and because I mean, yes, we got quite a bit of that in the first Doctor Strange movie. 
And, you know, that was great. And that was a lot of new world building for the MCU. But now we're talking about witches back in, you know, 1697 Salem, Massachusetts, around the time of the Salem witch trials. And like this is a totally different group than the one that, you know, Doctor Strange joined up with and, you know, became the Sorcerer Supreme. You know, that's like a totally different like organization than these witches. And so it's not just that we're seeing a little bit more magic. It's that, you know... Going back re- like hundreds of years in Earth's past now, we're being made aware of, you know, additional groups of people and organizations that have strong ties to magic and use magic and all of this, right? So that I find to be real interesting. And the other thing was it felt very much to me like, you know, the first scene of an MCU movie that sets up the villain, you know, oh, and you get to see an origin story. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, there's still, I think, a lot for us to learn about Agatha in the MCU. But I have a feeling that that whole scene is going to be very important, not only for the, the finale of this, you know, show coming up next week, but um, or, you know, probably by the time you're listening to this, the end of this week. But um Probably for, you know, the the MCU as a whole moving forward, because there's just there was just something going on there that they didn't quite explain. Like she was saying so many things that happened, like they accuse her of, you know, stealing knowledge above her age and station. And then she talks about how, like, at a certain point, she's like, "I, I can't control it. No. And before that, she was like, oh, well, they just bent to my power. And then. When her uh, after she sucks the life out of those other witches and her her mom is left there, she says, I can be good. And her mom says, no, you can't. And I guess she could have been lying and trying to play on, you know, her mom's emotions. But she also could have been, you know, sincere in the belief that, like, just because she has this power that she can't quite control yet doesn't mean, you know, that she can't be a good you know person or whatever. Well, it so. could also be her mother has uh, obviously known her well, uh, from birth, and maybe she just can understand how Agatha works. And she's like, I recognize, you know, who you are and what your uh So I must kill you, daughter. Life. So, well, it's like she just might know that, no, you're kind of not ever going to be good. You're always gonna be something a little on the dark side well i think because she knows her better than anyone I would yeah assume. i mean i think that is possible but i i think just there was something about how they're talking about her stealing knowledge and then she said something like i you know i didn't know what happened i couldn't control it i feel like there's a possibility that you know there's some other force at work affecting her and is potentially maybe even um like if you still think that there's a possibility that like a Mephisto or nightmare type character, you know, is going to be connected to events in WandaVision, uh, which we'll talk about, you know, more theories towards the end of the episode. But like, I think there might be something going on there with that, where she might be connected to, you know, a more powerful being in some way, whether it's like she has some kind of like patron entity that, that helps her to have power or whatever it is. We already know. Because, you know, also notice that she has lived for hundreds of years and she still, you know, she doesn't look 300 years old. So there's a legitimate question as to, like, a lot of people are saying, too, that, like, oh, well, maybe it's actually Dormammu. I wouldn't, I I guess I can't rule it out, but it would seem 
It would seem a little strange to me that they would go back to Dormammu well, after the events of Doctor Strange. I would, I yeah, would be after, more likely to... after Dormammu got the slap down, the smack down from Doctor Strange, this would be kind of weird for him to try and find another angle in. But we do have Doctor Strange and the... What's it called? Multiverse the, of Madness. The multiverse of Madness coming up. And you focused on the fact that they are really paying attention to a lot of magic use in these episodes of WandaVision. So maybe there is a little witchery and witchcraft that's going to join Doctor Who or Doctor Strange. <laughs> Wrong <Not> franchise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. But maybe we will see a little magic, and I made the comment during a watch show, maybe Agatha is going to go head-to-head against Doctor Who. Doctor Who? Doctor Who, I said it again. In the TARDIS? Doctor Strange. <laughs> could, could you imagine? Well, I said it once. Could you imagine the once, TARDIS appearing in, in WandaVision? <laughs> like, I wouldn't be surprised at this point. The <laughs> little... You get the... The, the whooshing uh, sound of uh, the TARDIS yeah. arriving, yeah. <laughs> um, that would be interesting. Um, no, but... Um, Actually, you know, because of all of the the witchy, you know, magic stuff that was revealed and talked about in this episode, I'm more I feel like it's more likely that Doctor Strange is going to show up as opposed to how likely I thought it was, you know, previously. I still don't think You mean you you think we're going to see Doctor Strange in next week's episode? Yeah, I think there's a good possibility. I now to be clear, I do not think he's going to show up and just fix everything and be, you know, like, I saved the day. No, that's not going to happen. Like, if he shows up. No, I think he's going to be sitting there, sitting on his couch, drinking tea and reading a memoir or a Necronomicon or something. And suddenly something will outside his window and he'll go look and be, what the tick is that? (laughs) And then suddenly he realizes, oh, it's a hex and a bunch of witches. Well, it's. And I'll fly out. It seems kind of strange to me that. He wouldn't Strange. have noticed all the magical activity that's going on because, look, if Agatha can can notice it and come check it out, you think Doctor Strange isn't going to notice it, especially since he lives like a stone's throw away in, in you know, Greenwich Village? So, so how much time has passed in WandaVision? Has it been weeks? I think, no, it's been uh, more like a few days. Just a few days. Because time's also so. accelerated inside that hex. Right. Yeah, there hasn't been a lot of time. So it's really so, just been a few days. So you know, I mean, maybe he was he was on a staycation because the the mighty Quar, and he hasn't been watching the news as much. He decided to take a break off of Facebook. So maybe Doctor Strange didn't realize there's all this shit well, going he's, down. Well, he's a cautious guy, you know, and so I wouldn't be surprised if he'd just been you know watching up to this point. But I'm telling you, there's a good chance that he's going to show up because things are going to come to a head. And he might decide that, you know, it's too big of a mess and it's, you know, because it's also technically his job to protect the world from bad magical things. Technically. I mean, it is. I don't know if that's I don't know if that's what his job description is on his paycheck. Well, you know, I don't think that he gets a paycheck quite like that. Well, he deserves a paycheck. Sure he does. All Avengers deserve at least $15 minimum wage. Okay then. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I I think they probably deserve more than that, but let's let's continue. So yeah. So anyways, that's just why I think you know uh, I'm thinking more and more that Doctor Strange, like it would it would seem more 
strange. <laughs> it would seem I, can't, I keep it's so hard it would not be more to do strange that. if a doctor just showed up. It would up. seem even weirder though if he didn't show up at this point. Like again, I'm not saying he's going to show so up and just fix it. So what we are wildly claiming in this recording is that we might see a bona fide hero, an avenger show up. And also possibly the unveiling of a bona fide villain, because we we still got to get into that. Oh, I think I think uh, Agatha is both? a bona fide villain, although she she's not just yeah. like exclusively totally evil in the comics. You know, sometimes she's, she's part of a team. I think sometimes she's an ally. She has been a mentor to Scarlet Witch. Sometimes she's kind of neutral. Sometimes she is an enemy. So I do think that there is a complexity to her. Well, character. that's that's like I mentioned during the watch through. I was like, yeah, she's like trying to be Wanda's you know, therapist, and then you laughed immediately. I said, no, 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 not in a good way. She's got nefarious means behind her actions, but she could be helping Wanda through some of her trauma and stuff Well, to I, I think have she... Wanda unleash herself so she could take advantage well, of Well, right. I mean, I think that this could be having a therapeutic effect on Wanda, or at least it's potentially therapeutic, depending on how things go next, because she is, you know, the episode leaves off with, you know, her children in mortal danger. Um, but, mm. you know, but again, not because Agatha gives two shits about Wanda's mental health. It's because she needs to get to the bottom of, like, you know, what she did, and it appears that by the end of the episode, she, you know, figured out how Wanda had, like, this immense power, but, you know, we'll get to that. So, um, first of all, those, um, those, like, symbols that were above, you know, the, the, like, the doorways or whatever in her basement, turns out... The runes. Those are, like, glyphs or runes to keep uh, Wanda from being able to use magic down there. And this goes mm-hmm. into... So, Agatha basically does this, you know, demonstration of a couple different spells... Where she's got like you know an illusion, she makes the bug the um the bug look like a bird, and uh, she does like a little mind after she mind controls yeah, it. and she does a little mind control thing, and she's like she's like look, I can do these things. Those are you know spells that you can learn after years of study, but like you've got this going on in a whole town, uh you know complicated storylines. It's magic on autopilot, and she's like you know how did you do? Because Agatha clearly. From the very first flashback, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious that she's a pretty powerful witch of some kind, right? She's a powerful magic user. But, I mean, Wanda's, like, on, you know, she's by orders of magnitude more powerful, by many orders of magnitude. (laughs) So this really does beg the question, and, you know, why wouldn't she be interested in this? And also, you know, I still think there's a chance that there's another villain involved, even if they're not. I mean, maybe it's just that she's got a patron, like, you know, a patron demon or something. Or, you know, it could be. I think the three big contenders at this point are Mephisto, Nightmare, and uh, there's a, a, a character called Cathan from the comics, who's like a primordi- mm-hmm. primordial evil like, entity. And in the comics... He gave Wanda her chaos magic powers so that he could ultimately one day use her as like a vessel to come to the, you know, the mortal plane or whatever. And so. Yeah, and that's like one thing you mentioned during the watch show. It's like Wanda and Quicksilver have had their 
origin stories retconned so many times that it's you know, it's hard to I, tell what they're going to do with it. Yeah, it's like which it's like which one are they using this time, or are they creating a new one? Well, the reason that Cathan is on the table is because not only is there that history where you know he gave her the hex magic powers and all that, but you know in the previous episode when we were getting her our first glimpse at Agatha's basement, you could see that magical book. Or whatever that's like mm-hmm. glowing, and everybody's like, "Ooh, what is it?" Well, there is a magical book in the comics called the Darkhold, and Cathan basically created that book, right? And so that's those are the connections to Cathan. Now, people thought, well, it's probably not the Darkhold because they actually use that in Agents of Shield, and Kevin Feige hates Agents of Shield, <laughs> um, and you know they've they've really never crossed over with that show, and that's a whole. Like, if that is the dark hold, it's a whole separate continuity because it looks different in the show and, like, a whole different things happened to it, right? But given – like, if you accept that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is in a different, like, you know, portion of the multiverse than the MCU proper that we know, then it could be the dark hold. You know, it could just be this universe's version of the dark hold. Now, I don't know if that's the most likely thing, but I think it is possible. Interesting. But I just I just wanted to mention that because there's I still have this feeling that there is still going to be like a like a bigger sort of like uber villain, you know, because if Agatha Harkness is playing the, you know, the role of like Darth Vader in the sense that she is uh, pervasive throughout the show and she's the, you know, the villain that that, you know, the protagonists are dealing with more directly then this other villain I'm thinking of is more like Palpatine in that he's, you know, sort of manipulating things behind, you know, from the shadows. And, you know, he's a little bit farther away, but he has a direct connection to the villain. And that would make more sense having because, you know, there was a moment where I was like, well, what are they going to do in season two? Because I forgot Mm -hmm. that there is not going to be a season two of WandaVision. So it's not like we're going to have a villain reveal and then have to wait a year for a season two of WandaVision. But I think this is the start of the next phase of the MCU. And we're going to see an unveiling of a major uh, character. Well, you know, if if in the movies and so in other words, who's going to be the Thanos of the new you know, phase basically is what you're saying. Um, So, I mean, to be clear, I mean, I don't know for sure that there's not going to be a second season of WandaVision. It's just that they called it a limited series. And generally that's going to mean you're just going to have the one season. Now they've played kind of coy about it in interviews where they're like not saying whether or not there's going to be another season. But I think they kind of have to do that to preserve whatever, you know, the the surprise of WandaVision. It's WandaVision episode one. Not WandaVision season one, episode one. Well, I mean, we'll find out. <laughs> you know what? So they, they might. Who yeah. knows what they're going to do? But so but let's let's get to this trip down memory lane where, you know, Agatha says, let's, you know, do some real reruns. And uh, it's like it's funny because, you know, Agatha is also, in a sense, an audience surrogate through most of this episode because she's constantly trying to figure out what's been going on with Wanda. And I, well, I this love her line. Episode of WandaVision is the Scrooged episode of WandaVision. <laughs> what? Basically. It's just like Scrooge. It's like I am the wicked witch of the past or whatever. And we're gonna go back and explore stuff. And they go back through moments of her life just like they did in Scrooge. Yeah, it was all in the past. 
I mean, every all the things that they visited were in the past. We didn't get like a future. But I get it. I see what well, you're saying. Well, you know what I'm saying. I see what you're saying. But I mean, I really did enjoy the line Agatha had where she said, um, where she said, I have a theory, but I need more. Like, that's been me, mm-hmm. like, since the first episode, you know? Right. Um, so, it, it, you know, I also kind of enjoyed how they didn't fuck around, basically, with giving us this exposition in terms of Agatha was just taking her through all these flashbacks and then commenting directly on them. It wasn't like leaving it up to your, you know, speculation at home in terms of like, I mean, I guess she's just speculating, but... We're literally seeing what happened, you know, from her memories. Right. So first of all, I mean, we get that scene that she talked about in Age of Ultron, uh, where she was talking to Ultron about why she hated Tony Stark. Right. Um, at least I think she was telling Ultron that in the movie. But it was like, you know, I didn't expect to get all of the like, I kind of thought maybe we'd get some flashbacks in this episode to kind of explain stuff leading into the finale. But, you know, I didn't expect to get this much of Wanda's past i really didn't i don't mean maybe i should have expected it but i just didn't and so like well, they basically did start at like what what were they eight something like eight that or nine and they really did such a great job of connecting you know wanda's like tendency if you want to call it that to retreat into the bliss of like the sitcoms you know because they set it up as like this happy family activity that she did with her ha- family like up until the very last moment that she had a family, you know, that she had her mom and dad. And, the, and like, you know, you're going through and she's watching the Dick Van Dyke show. And, um, you know, then suddenly, boom, the bomb comes down. And like that real, I mean, oh, when it started, well, I kind of figured that was what was going to happen. But it still took the wind out of me when it did. Oh, yeah. That scene is one of those ones where it's like you're watching a movie and you have the characters sitting in, you know, one's driving and one's in the passenger seat and they're da 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 da. And then you see the, uh, in the background, if you're paying attention, you see the other car coming down at high speed that slams into them. So if you're quick enough, you can be like, oh, oh, oh. But this one, there is no oh, oh, oh. It's just bam out of nowhere. And it hits hard. It hits really on hard. On screen and in your uh, in your heart. <laughs> yes. Um, so first of all, I mean, that seemed to be her favorite show, the Dick Van Dyke show, which is interesting because that's what the first WandaVision episode was really based on, you know? Okay. Yeah, I see it. And this was, the episode was It May Look Like a Walnut, which we actually see the title on screen. But basically... It all turns out to be a dream at the end, this episode. And there's, like, aliens in it and, you know, like, lots of weird things happen. And, you know, he, he wakes up at the end, to you know, to find that it was, was, was a dream. And I just think that that is a great choice uh, for them to show here because it's kind of, you know, parallel to... You know what's going on with WandaVision in that she's creating this like, you know, re- it's not exactly a dream, but she is creating right. this kind of reality. And, you know, you could also say that this might be, you know, some foreshadowing that Nightmare is involved as like the uber villain, given that like he deals in dreams and nightmares. So, you know, it's yeah, I don't know. I, is that too much at this point in the game? Is it too much to... I almost feel like it's too much to introduce a new villain. Well, because see, they've spent basically the entire show really fleshing out and yeah. 
giving us Agatha. Well, look, I don't and think I don't think she's going anywhere. I think she is going to be a part of the future MCU in Phase Four. So, well, they do have. I mean, I hope she is. I hope that she doesn't die. But, but at the same time, we still got that goddamn rabbit, <laughs> old Scratch or Mister Scratch, whatever his name is. Senior Scratch, and that is not a subtle thing. No, there's been too I mean, many devil references, you know. Yeah, they've been really pointing. But I mean, I think that that Mephisto. could. I think that those could point towards. So, like in the comics, I believe witches actually get their power from the devil, or maybe even Mephisto. Well, naturally. and so therefore, like it's it, like I feel like. When we get to the theory crafting stuff, I, I have to talk about this because I think that there's some there's actually even more evidence in this episode that you know that might relate to that. So, uh, but basically, um, I just want to talk real quick about the you know the really deep cut <laughs> for the Dick Van Dyke episode there because it was even like you know kind of sci-fi a little bit with the aliens and everything, right. So anyways, so I just I just thought that was a fun little like Easter egg or you know parallel. But, um, you know, I find it I found it so interesting that they're giving us this hint that, like, she actually had these witchy powers way back then, even because um, yeah. Agatha identifies that she cast a probability hex. Right. And Wanda's like, right. well, no, that's I didn't. Did I? Did, that, you know, so you get the impression that she didn't understand that that's what she had done, you know, at that time, which makes sense. given the MCU timeline thus far. So and then we get. Uh, and that was just a heart-wrenching scene, and it, like, that really begun the, I'm going to uh, block out the trauma that's right in front of me in the present to focus on the bliss of the sitcom, right? That right. Re- they really did such a great job in, like, every flashback, I think, of of tying that together and, you know, making that the reason that that's kind of how she reacted in her grief to create the hex. Well, well and also, too... During our watch through, after the bomb hits and the two kids are sitting in the rubble, you know, they're freaked out. They don't know what just happened. They're just young. And then Wanda looks over. Somehow the TV is still plugged into the wall, which just exploded. But she's sitting there and you, you have that scene where she's looking at the TV and she's like trying to focus on it. And that's basically what the whole show is because she's dealing with trauma, but she's looking at the TV with these old sitcoms on it. And she's trying to focus on that and kind of push all of the real life trauma off to the side. And that's exactly what she's been doing from the beginning of the show, which is the whole impetus behind the idea for the show. And it's a genius uh, scene. And what you described and is what she did in every flashback. She was focusing on the sitcoms exactly. to kind of like push aside right. her, her trauma, you know, and that's not healthy. Exactly. I mean, you know, there are times when you can well, like, escape it's into not the show, It's but... a defense mechanism because she doesn't want to be hurt. Yeah. And, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, the, it's, it's, a, it's amazing how Marvel and Disney can put these stories together that are so deep on a mental and emotional level and that's why this show is so awesome and i love it and this show is basically i mentioned it a couple times uh, it's the babadook of the mcu <laughs> and i love it yeah see this is and at first just like the babadook i didn't love it but now i do see i think this is an example of what 
um, Marvel Studios does extremely well and is kind of the secret sauce to their success or one of the secret sauces, which is honey bar the, the emotional realism that I've talked about before. Oh, okay. Like, you know, you could have a show like this, but if you don't have that emotional backdrop of Wanda and how she has used the sitcoms to kind of deal with her trauma over the years and how and like how it's kind of caught, all kind of built and she's lost her, all this stuff like it just wouldn't work as well, you know. So right. kudos, kudos for that. So, but like then we get the the flashback of where she's uh, at Hydra being experimented on, right? Right. And uh, I do like how they kind of address this, like, well, why would you join a terrorist organization if you just wanted, you know, your people to be free or whatever? And she was like, well, we just we wanted to change the world, and like that, you know. That can make sense. And, you know, you can be certain that Hydra didn't approach, you know, potential recruits by saying, hi, we are evil and we want to kill everyone. Join yeah. us. You know, they're probably like, look, we want to make the world a better place. And obviously you've been wronged and let's help you, you know. So that's uh, that that was real interesting. But I thought it was a revelation, kind of like what went down with the Mind Stone in there. I mean, we knew they experimented on them, but we never saw what happened. Yeah. You know. And clearly the Mind Stone took it upon itself because we know that they are like they have their own sort of like consciousness or intelligence on, to some degree from the previous movies. There have been several hints about right. that. And it just kind of like busts out and like, you know, zaps her or whatever. And she has that vision uh, <clears throat> of <laughs> of herself as, you know. Of a doctor and a witch. <clears throat> of the, yeah. So. Like, what did you think about that whole scene with the Mind Stone and where it comes out and then, you know, the uh, the doctors can't even see on the footage, like, what happened? Like, what were your thoughts about that? Well, it's like I mentioned earlier. It's like we've had so many different origin stories or, you know, yeah, it's basically origin stories of Scarlet Witch and uh, Quicksilver and it's like, are they mutants? Are they something else? And this and that. And in this show, I'm not sure which angle they're taking because um, their parents seem to be normal humans. So where exactly would Scarlet Witch get her powers from? I'm not exactly sure which origin story they're kind of choosing to go with in the show. I don't think we've actually been given enough information to really know that because it could be... Because now, because plus, especially now that she said, well, you're this mythical being, the Scarlet Witch, you know, could the Scarlet Witch. Does yeah. that mean and that it's inherited? Does that mean that it happens to someone randomly? Does that mean that, you know, this character, Cathan, imbued her with this arbitrarily? Does it mean this? Does well, it mean that? You know, we don't know. But the I Mind think Stone... if it was inherited, then we would have seen some evidence of her parents having any powers whatsoever. Well, what if she's adopted? But they were just... What if those okay. aren't her biological parents? That's what I'm saying. I don't think we have enough information, but I think that the Mind Stone is definitely involved in this. I mean, she had some kind of witchy power before, but the Mind Stone, as one of the most powerful artifacts in the universe, you know, really put the whammy on her and did something to really enhance her powers or give her new powers. Like, we just don't know exactly, but that was a pretty dramatic moment when it affected her. Oh, yeah. You know, and yeah, that was crazy. It also brings me back to a theory that I had before that I talked about in one of our episodes, which is that what if once the Infinity Stones were destroyed, particularly the Mind Stone or even the Soul Stone or, you know, who knows, that 
you know, maybe their power had been used to imprison some powerful entity that was bad news. And maybe it even happened, you know, thousands of years ago. Who knows? But now that they're destroyed, like it's it's freed and now it's coming for, you know, Wanda maybe. Or now it's just roaming freely and it happens to have been attracted to this hex, you know. So I, Are you spinning tin already? Yeah. We weren't like, to that point we, yet. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll get to it. So it just makes me wonder that. But so, you know, when I saw this, I was like, I mean, this was a really cool. I mean, they made her look so, so much like she did in that post credit scene where, you know, we first mm-hmm. saw her in Pietro in the MCU. And, uh, you know, it, it just it, it was interesting, you know, and it made me think that maybe there's a little bit more to her powers than simply the Mind Stone unlocked the X gene or something, because I don't think that they're setting her up to be a mutant in any way, shape or form. Right. So so there was that. And then we get the actual scene where she goes to sword. Mm-hmm. And we discover that Hayward is a dirty, dirty, dirty liar. <laughs> we call those bastards. Yeah. Because, you know. Dirty bastard. He not only told everybody that she stole Vision's body, but that she was contravening, you know, his living will where he didn't want to be brought back and like made into a weapon or anything. Even though that's and he literally described him as a, a sentient weapon. weapon, yeah, yeah. So it's almost like Sword was—I was going to say Sword was created because of him, but that's not true because uh, uh, Monica's mother created Sword. But I guess they—I cha- guess they changed the name a little bit. Didn't Monica comment on that in, in her? I I believe so. I don't remember a lot of things, but um, and that's one of them. Yeah. So, but at the same time, it's like you know. He told Wanda that they were dismantling the most powerful sentient weapon, and that was a red herring. Because I don't think it was a red herring. Like, but go well, on. Well, it's like you said, they were just showing her that they were dismantling it. But then we see what happens later in the episode, and you mentioned the fact that maybe they just showed that to her to make her think one thing while they had... Yeah, I want to talk about that. So, like, you know, when you're moves. listening to him talk to her, you know, he he's, he makes a few times this, like, uh, like almost like he's slipping, and, like, he'll be like, sorry, I mean, uh, you know, first he said, bring him back online. Sorry, bring him back to life. And he... he We're going to rule the world! I mean... He had a couple he, other he, things he, like that that made me think that he was actually... Because his whole project, apparently, Project Cataract, was to bring Vision back... You know, for whatever purposes, he wants a sentient weapon under their control, whatever it is. But, like, he wants to bring Vision back. And so I think he's hoping that she will do that for him or she will expend enough magic that he can use to, like, revive him, you know, somehow. Because, you know, he's okay. constantly prodding her. And so I f- and he puts the idea into her head that she can do this. Like, you know, he says not every yeah, but not everybody's, you know, able to bring their, you know, loved ones back online. Oops, I mean back to life. And she looks really <laughs> shocked there. You know, she's like, I can't you know, I can't do that. So I think that, so, you know, he put that in her head for a reason. I think he was, you know, and the other thing is he says in that mid credit scene all the way at the end is like um, he says, we've we've taken this thing apart and put it back together again so many times, blah, blah, blah. So that means like they've had his body for five years. I mean, from Wanda's point of view, like, she's only had, like, a few weeks to deal with this. But, like, during the blip, they've been pulling him apart and putting him back together again for, like, five years. So that, to me, means 
that he also dismantled Vision to that extent for her benefit. They're rebuilding him. For him to, like, shock her maybe into doing something. Like, I feel like that's on the table. Okay, so here's something that just popped into my mind. And you um, are like me, where your eyes aren't the greatest, and you wear glasses. You wear corrective spectacles. Thanks for shaming me publicly online. Yes. You are a failed human, as I am. Um, But think about this. It's called Project Cataract, right? What does a cataract do? Covers the it eye. impairs. impairs vision. It impairs vision. Yeah. We we talked about this. Maybe, well, maybe that's the whole point. They're not trying to use vision as a weapon. Maybe they're trying to impair his powers. Well, what greater impairment is the there than point. death? So I'm pretty sure that's not. The and case. ripping his arms and legs apart. And no, they're trying place. to reactivate him, and in fact, they they have by the end of this episode. So like. Oh, spoilers. <laughs> I think we gave a spoiler warning. But yeah, so so Not that much. was so but then what is one to do? I mean, she does get angry and she, you know, he tells her she can say goodbye, but from here, so she shatters the window <laughs> and floats down. Mm. But like there's that really touching moment where she puts her hand on his head and she says, you know, I can't feel you. Which is a callback to that, you know, those moments they had in uh in uh Infinity War there at the end. Infinity War. And so um, I almost called it Endgame War, like like you did. Endgame War, <laughs> or whatever. Infinity Games. Yes, yeah, that's right. Infinity Games. So, and then she, what does she do? She doesn't steal Vision's body like he had led us to believe. She's just like, okay, and she walks out. <laughs> yeah. She leaves. She gets in her car. She sees that note. Now, now, tell. I I need your your impression on this because when she got in that car and we see in that shot that like letter that's on her seat, and she looks over. She looked to me like she was seeing it for the first time, like, oh, what's that? Well, that's the first time any of us saw it. Well, it is, but it I'm saying... It... it wasn't anything that was spoken about. Like, I don't think in the whole MCU, if they've ever mentioned Wanda and Vision buying a property to build a house. They haven't mentioned it. Together. That doesn't mean they didn't do it. But what I'm saying is... No, but what I'm saying is, yeah, I agree with you. She saw it for the first time when we saw it. And we're like, what's that? And she's like, meh, that's that thing. And she doesn't have any emotional thing attached to it. And then she drives. And I mentioned during the watch show, it's not like she's driving aimlessly wandering around. She's driving directly to... I yeah, mean, it's, it's, she's got her Google Maps up, and she's yeah. take a left. Look, here, it's got right there, it's got an address on miles, it. It's got a location on it. But I'm just, you know, yeah. I, I'm going to talk about this more like in our tinfoil section. But I think it's implying what that scene is is trying to kind of imply is that she and Vision had these plans to like move into this place, and they bought this this deed or whatever to this land, and Vision made that little heart on it and said to grow old in V, right? But Okay, so I have a question. Okay. Since Vision died in Infinity Game Wars, um, when would this deed have been made? That is the question that I have. Like, because... At what point in the MCU would that have happened? Well, okay, so here's the timeline. They meet during the events of Age of Ultron. Right. Right. And they have an initial kind of connection, sort of. And then they go back and they live at, and train at the Avengers facility for a little while, you know. And then 
Then the events of Captain America Civil War kind of tear them apart. And then Wanda goes off into hiding. And as we know from the beginning of Infinity War, they've been kind of like dating on the side and they've been sort of meeting up. But they are international fugitives at this point. Right. So and and like you remember that scene that they had at the beginning of Infinity War where they're just like, in you know, in like Europe or Scotland or something. And they have that conversation where Vision is like sort of tripping over his own tongue saying, like, I think our relationship, you know, works like maybe we should really and give this a go right before he got stabbed. Yeah, But what I'm saying is with the Morgul blade prior to that moment. I don't think that their relationship was in a spot where they were like, let's buy a house together and like grow yeah, old let's together, form a life which is not even so a possible thing with Vision. Like he's not going to grow yeah, old. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering is where is and then, this and then, and then, coming from? But pro- like a significant period of time prior to that moment they had where they're sort of like cementing the fact that they ought to stay in this relationship, they've been fugitives for like a while now, like a significant period of time. I'm going to have to look up exactly how long it was. But prior to that, like, when was the time that their relationship was to the point where they were like, let's buy a house together that we can grow old in? Like, when did that happen? I don't think that it did. So. So you think she's kind of making it up? No, I think. Well, maybe. But I, I mean, I guess they've established that she can create things. But I think that there are several things that have happened that that can't be explained by Wanda consciously creating it. You can bring him back from the dead, but we do not accept this paperwork. I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying the, the, the note and directing her to go there might have been the work of this Uber villain that A might be still in the shadow. That's the theory. Uh, right. Like he, he dropped that note in her car at exactly the moment when she's most, vulnerable emotionally psychologically and which has been kind of the story through the whole show and maybe he even you know put the tiniest suggestion in her mind that like they had done this before right so she goes there she's overwhelmed with grief i mean that like that lot was a barren you know it had like a like a you know, oh, it was dirt and weeds and cinder. Yeah, it had. Well, I mean, it was like the there. foundation of a house, but there was nothing there. And it was sort of like the perfect symbol for what her life had become is like barren. And, you know, she didn't have anybody. And so that was her moment of like, you know, peak grief. And so I'm just saying, even though Wanda created the hex and all of this, I feel like there's a possibility that somebody sort of manipulated her into doing that in a sense. And this, you know, being might may or may not have connections to Agatha because Agatha is trying to find out what how she did this. Right. So maybe the Uber being isn't necessarily connected to Agatha at this point, or maybe it is. I don't know. But I feel like there's something about that note that doesn't quite track. It doesn't quite make sense, you know. Yeah, because there what after you mention the way she just looks at it and she sees it at the same time we see it, and we don't know what it is at first. And she's just like, oh, what's that? And then she's like, oh, well, never mind. But then we find out it's a very important piece of paperwork. So I think it is kind of something that has been planted. It's just, it just seems strange. It's just like, when when the F would they have done it? And I don't know. I mean, it's, you know, who knows what they'll do, but I feel like there's something to that. Um, 
So let's let's continue. Let's continue. We can talk some more tinfoil in a little bit. <laughs> so that really brings us to, you know, the moment when she actually like creates the hex. Like first she kind of creates that house. She creates the yeah, hex. It's, it's like she screams and then inhales and then screams again a lot louder and a lot harder. And the first scream creates the house. And that was such a cool moment in the show. Oh, yeah. The the thing, the you know, craziest. You see everything just build up and, and you're like, oh, I know what's happening. And then she like inhales and then boom, she creates a whole town. And you see the hex just fly out. I mean, that was cool. You know, and there are a lot of little Easter down. eggs in that transformation of the town. Like, like for example, like if you look at the movie theater, um, it goes mm-hmm. from like just look at the names of the uh, of the movies playing on the movie theater. Uh, and it goes from whatever they were to it's like, well, God, I don't even I don't remember anymore. But go look. That's just a little Easter egg. It doesn't mean <laughs> too much, really. It doesn't. Um, but it's just a nice little sort of. But no, it's a, it's a clever it's a clever transition. So. Then the craziest, most surprising thing for me happens, which is when she creates vision out of nothing, right. out of nothing. And it's like her red Scarlet Witch power comes out and then it like morphs into the yellow like Mind Stone energy and creates vision complete with his own Mind Stone. And of course, okay. we have seen vision use his Mind Stone powers in the hex. OK, and this is where you and I have to. Talk some yeah. shit out. So, okay. So first, so you were saying, um, so wait, this is an illusion. So lay, lay out what you're saying with that there. Okay. So basically, uh, Wanda shows up in modern day Westview. And yet we talked about in our watch through how she sees the mailman and she sees the uh, lady, the blonde haired girl. And she's just walking through town and then driving through town. Yeah, it was nice to see the like real versions of all the like townsfolk, you know, that we've seen. Yeah, and she's basically like scouting out the cast for her show. <laughs> and then she gets to the point where she's at the abandoned lot and that's where she opens the letter and she's like this is where my trauma and my heart is and she's very upset and she goes meow. And then builds the house. And then she goes, and builds the whole city. And you see the the hex comes from her and spreads out through the town. And it turns a 19 or 2021 car into a 1950s car. And it turns the uh, 2021 this or that. All the buildings and all the cars and all the people turn into a 1950s version of themselves. And then she creates vision out of nothing. Yeah. So my argument is that she's just putting an illusion over all of the real modern day stuff to make it look like 1950s. But you're telling me that she's creating vision out of nothing, and he's an actual thing. Yeah, but he can't exist outside of the hex. Well, let's let's address all this. So I, I I'm here to say that the show has definitively, uh, you know, shown us that that your theory is not correct. And what I mean by that is, first of all, you know, Vision obviously has to stay inside the hex to live this Vision, right? But I mean, even after he 
walked outside the hex and sort of collapsed and was dying, I mean, his body was still there. It didn't vanish in smoke or whatever. I mean, pieces of him came okay, off and okay, flew back okay, into the okay. hex. Pause. Pause real quick. We just went back to the scene earlier where she went in to the SWORD headquarters where we were taught to believe that she ran in and stole Vision's body out. Yeah. And used that to rebuild him. But now we've learned that's not true. So she doesn't have Vision's body. She doesn't have right. a physical body to build right. that image slash vision upon. So who is the vision that exists in Westview? It's a new vision. She just created a whole new character. She literally did. And they also have established that like when she's, you know, changing these things in town. It's not an illusion. I mean, they specifically d- dealt with this, uh, for one, in the in the scene where, you know, Monica comes back out. And first of all, when she comes back out, her clothes don't change back to her sword outfit. Right. They remain. And then later we see she goes back to them and she shoots the gun at them. And they're still like, you know, the, the, the groovy clothes from the Brady Bunch episode. Hmm. And then and then they they just have this whole discussion about how she transmutes the matter because like those pants were made out of the Kevlar that her like, you know, bulletproof vest was made out of. So they've been very clear. They've been very clear about the fact that she's actually transmuting matter, which is also the whole point behind um, Monica going through the barrier and, you know, getting her powers. Okay, so transmuting matter is one thing. But if Wanda didn't have visions body because she as we see in this episode left it behind yeah what did she create vision from nothing she's not transmuting matter she's creating matter. yeah th- and that's what agatha says at the end of this episode she's like you know you don't even know how dangerous you are she talks about how she's this mythical being who can just create things and I mean, we literally watched it happen in this episode, dude. She literally creates vision out of nothing. And, you know, there's this Mind Stone energy involved as well. And so, yeah, I mean, so I don't, I don't if know what she can create vision out of nothing, and then Sword can create a new vision out of pieces of vision. Yeah, yeah, we'll this... get we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Oh man, so it, it's but confusing. I mean. But, I mean, they totally did, you know, imply all the way up to this episode that she stole Vision's body. And now we know that she didn't. And we uh, we witnessed her creating new Vision, WandaVision, not Vision Vision, out of, <laughs> out of nothing. Okay? And we watched that happen. And, like, that moment was so revelatory for me in thinking about this show and the MCU because, like, look, we knew Wanda was super powerful. I mean, we saw what happened in Endgame, where she was the only one who really was about to take out Thanos all by herself. We saw, you know, her expand the hex, you know, in the Mm -hmm. other episode. Now we see her not only create the hex, but create vision out of nothing. And it was like, first of all, she did just create that Mind Stone. Um, Now, it's... You know, I'm still not sure that she can create like a fully functional Mind Stone out of nothing well, because thought, it appears. I thought she didn't create the Mind Stone. And I I made the comment during the episode that she just turned that into the Mind Stone. It's like, no, the Mind Stone unveil itself. So I don't Wait, know. Wait, what? 
No, now you're talking about a different scene. Now you're talking about the flashback where the Mind Stone comes out. Yeah, the Mind Stone. Yeah. But but look, on this scene where she creates the vision, you know, the the, the yellow Mind Stone energy comes out and kind of, right. you know, constructs him. And he has it in his head and we've seen him use those powers. But remember when he stepped out of the hex? But at this point in the MCU, the Mind Stone has been destroyed. Yeah. Haven't. Um, remember when he stepped out of the hex? The Mind Stone stopped, like, faded away. So maybe it's, you know, but a fully functional I, I was mind under the stone, impression but... that wasn't the actual Mind Stone. Well, it's not the Mind Stone that was destroyed. That was just the, is... that was just an image of the, uh, quote unquote, vision of the Mind Stone. That's why he can't exist out of the Hex because he was created within the Hex from her mind, not from the Mind Stone. Yeah, you're, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I wasn't contradicting that. I, what I'm saying is. It only functions inside the hex. It's like it's fully functional, but only within the, you know, the chaos magic that, you know, field that she's created inside the hex. That's okay. See, yeah, so, I, I, I look at the show from a completely different angle, but you have comics knowledge. No, the comics don't matter to this. I'm making a theory based on what I've seen. That's all. Okay, well, my theory is that all of this shit isn't real because it's inside Wanda's brain. She can imagine that the vision that she created has the Mind Stone in his head and has all those powers. But that doesn't mean it's the actual Mind Stone. So your interpretation is the show is just Wanda's dream and that's all it is. I think a lot of it is a dream. I don't think vision is actually a physical being in the show. There is no why? vision. Well, well, why is that what you think, though? Because it's already been demonstrated that that's not true. So I don't understand. So vision, vision is real. Yeah. <laughs> and he has the Mind Stone powers. Yeah, but I mean only within the Hex. I was trying because to draw a distinction between... the Hex between... was created by Wanda. Yeah, he de- he's dead. He is dead. He does not exist outside of the hex. What what are you saying? I'm saying he is dead. And there's two visions now. Exist. There's two visions. Okay, they're, they're both not, alive. One of them can only live with within line, the hex. But I am familiar with the show where she created Vision to deal with her trauma. Because she lost him. So she recreated him. But just because she recreated him in her mind doesn't mean he's actually empowered by the visions or the Mind Stone. And he's not the vision we know from Age of Ultron and Infinity War. He is just an imagination. Okay, so vision is an imagining of her. He's not real. He's not solid. He's an illusion. That's your position. Tell me every step along the way where I'm wrong. Dude, I don't think we have enough time for that. (laughs) But basically, they've already established that he's real. Even when he came out of the hex and died, essentially, for all intents and purposes, his body was still there. Didn't didn't he die because he is a child of the hex? He can't exist outside of the hex. He can't live outside the hex. That doesn't mean that he's not made of matter. 
like whatever's sustaining him is like got to be her magic or whatever you know mojo is going on in the hex. But that doesn't mean that he yeah, doesn't her physically exist. That doesn't mean that the car doesn't didn't become the older version of that car. All right, this is now turning back into the Baba Duke I don't like, and now we're gonna have to have an episode on. Where okay. everyone changes. Well, tell you mind. what, you continue to think that if that makes you happy. I just think that the show has repeatedly demonstrate, demonstrated that that's not true. So moving on. Carry um, on. Okay. So, you know, basically then, you know, after that, um, you know, and she goes through and we, we witness her create the whole hex, which was pretty, pretty spectacular to watch. No, that was a crazy scene. Yeah. You know, after that, I mean, basically she wakes up and uh, or, you know, she's in the uh, the studio uh, where the like with the Brady Bunch house set. Right. And Agatha's there in the audience. And then she like basically she vanishes and then she's out there with her kids strangling them with like her magic ropes or whatever. <laughs> well, and, you know, was, that's where going she, back, I, I would like to say that's a cool scene they did where we actually see the the set of yeah. the show that we saw in a previous episode. And you know, there that is... That was a cool approach. I think we're actually going to be going back there, if only briefly, because in the one of the trailers, we get like a quick shot of the actual studio audience in like period dress in like right. sitting in those seats and like laughing. So I like, I don't know what all is going to happen, but like, I wonder if that's something we're going to, we're going to revisit that set. It was cool. But you know, then Agatha basically delivers a lot of like, you know, big, she drops some bombs outside and info bombs, you know, basically. Oh, yeah. And she turns into a legitimate villain. Yeah. She's well, she's got her witchy, you know, outfit on. She's floating in the air. She's mm -hmm. strangling the kids. And basically, she says to Wanda, you know, you don't even know how dangerous you are. She's like, I know what you are. And she says, you're supposed to be mythical. And then like the very last thing that she says is you're the the Scarlet Witch. And then boom, you know, roll credits. Ah, no. Right. So that's interesting. And we were I think we talked about this like a little bit in our uh, commentary, our watch along. But like they the direction they seem to be taking with this is Scarlet Witch isn't just her cheeky superhero name they gave her because she wears red. It is like the name of a specific legendary being yeah, it's that like, like she is witches the know about. One. What's that? It's like she's the prophesied one, the one of legend. Something like that, yeah. And Which they, has and never talks... been spoken of before. Yeah, and it's also the first mention of chaos magic in the MCU, mm -hmm. right? And so... Which, and so that's... which reminds me of Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, so what's your take on this, like, you're the Scarlet Witch, you're this mythical being, you have chaos... Like, what's... How do you read that? Like, what's... What, what did you think? Well, it goes back to my misunderstanding of which sort of origin story they're going with. You know, I mean, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver are great characters and I love them, but it's like, are they mutants? Is, is she really a witch? I think Where... it's pretty definitive that they're not mutants. Uh, since they're mutants... not mutants in this storyline. In the MCU. Yeah. But they never really show how she gets her powers well, they showed us something. It's not really explained. <laughs> the whole interaction. Exactly. With the yeah. That's my point. There's there's still a lot of questions. So I don't know. I think it's a really great take, a new take on old characters. And are we going to see more of it 
are we going to see this story evolve? Who knows? Because we have one more episode episode next week, yeah, and that's it. And then is she gone forever? What's going to happen? Yeah, I don't know. I think they have a lot to wrap up in this final episode. So I think it has to be longer than any of the episodes so far. I do not think it's going to be like a two-hour episode like some people are saying. I really don't think. I would be surprised if it was longer than an hour, uh, frankly. Yeah. But, um, it's going to be 49 minutes. Like, especially if there is another, like, uber villain to touch on. Like, it could just be that, that person just arrives and, like, smiles in a post credit scene. Like, it could be. Yeah. That. And I don't want that. <laughs> but, I mean, how, I mean, you know, to your point that you said a little bit ago, like, you know, how are they going to introduce a whole new villain unless it's just more, like, hinted at? Um, they also there's the whole Quicksilver thing to deal with. Like, who is that guy? Actually, granted, this is a person that Agatha was like brainwashing or controlling. But beyond that, who is he and why does he have Quicksilver powers and why is he Quicksilver from the other universe? What's going to happen with? Oh, because then we get the mid credit scene, which is white vision that they that they activate with her magic that she had infused into that drone. Right. And, you know, in the comics, there's a white vision and he's basically vision without his personality matrix, without his emotions, without his soul, uh, one might say. And, you know, there's a showdown brewing because we also haven't seen Wanda vision, you know, (laughs) the vision inside Uh the hex since he leapt out of Darcy's uh, elephant ears truck. (laughs) Sorry, funnel cakes truck. Oh, yeah. Big difference, kid. I know. (laughs) But, like, he's, you know, ostensibly on his way back to Wanda. And, frankly, if you think about it, I mean, this episode only took, didn't take very long in real time. So, you know, he's going to show up probably pretty quickly because they're in the the street and he's going to come and see that. And it's going to be on. And, you know, Hayward is sending in, you know, white vision to do whatever. So there's a big showdown brewing. And if we're also considering the possibility that either, you know, Nightmare or somebody like that is going to show up, as well as Doctor Strange. Ugh. Like, who knows what's going to happen, right? But Who it's, knows? It's it's probably going to be Spider-Man. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Toby Maguire. Thanks. Right. If Toby <laughs> Maguire Spider-Man shows up, I'm going to I'm going to shit my pants. Well, like, see, that's the thing. It's like I don't we... think he will. We had a disagreement earlier about the fact that what's going on inside the hex is not real versus what is real. And I think Vision doesn't really exist. He's a construct. And the only real Vision is the one that S.W.O.R.D. is building using the actual physical parts of Vision to build the white vision. But I think the vision that we've seen all along has been an imaginary construct of what Wanda wants and what she needs, because it's all about trauma and she's been blocking out trauma that we've seen through various episodes. And I think she's created her own quote unquote vision of vision and I don't know that I trust that the vision we've seen is a physical embodiment. Agreed I think to disagree. More... Pretty sure they've no. they've established quite firmly that's okay. not the case. Yep. Agree right. to disagree. That's fine. Um 
So um, I haven't I haven't seen it spelled out in very basic English yet. So maybe I you know watch it, it again. like this this mid credit scene with Hayward and the White Vision is so interesting though because you know first of all that was the reveal that. Uh, of what he was doing with this body. And, you know, he had that line that I mentioned before where he's like, we've, you know, taken him apart and put it back together so many times, blah, blah, blah. It really does make me think that, you know, he had Vision all disassembled there for Wanda's benefit because he was trying to provoke her into doing something that would bring him back or that would activate him or something, right? So that they could, you know, get more use out of him or whatever the heck their goals are with him. Um. Because, I mean, he's a smart guy, and, you know, am I supposed to believe that, you know, he was kept making those mistakes uh, that were kind of like raising her ire or, you know, drawing out her trauma? Was he, do, you know, was he really doing that all unintentionally the whole time? I don't know. I mean, it's established that he's a liar now. So, I mean, did, did you get that same sense, too, or do you feel like it was just more... Uh, well, you know. he he's not a nice man, and he obviously knows more about what's going on behind the scenes than I do. <laughs> but, yeah, he is, like you mentioned in the watch through, he is, it's almost his origin story. The show is his origin story, because I don't think he's Hayward? going anywhere. Yeah. The it's show like is he, his origin story. Well, it's not his origin story, but it's building him into a definite villain status. It's like he's, he's not. He he's seems not more disappear. of a villain to me now than he did up until now. Right, and that's that's what I'm saying. It's like he is uh, growing in villain status, and I don't think the end of the show is going to be the end of Hayward. I think he's going to be around for a while, and he's going to be a little bastard. Yeah, he. Uh, yeah, I think that's probably true. Although you know, we don't know. But I think he would be a nice character to carry forward. Agatha, too, man. I really hope she doesn't die at the end of the show because she's going to be like a great. No. Uh, I think there's more to her story. I think she has more layers than we've there seen. There has so to far. be. Because yeah. in the comics, I'm not I'm not familiar with her, with her at all, but they're not going to build her up so much and then just kill her off a week from today. Probably not. You know? Probably so. not. She's but she's around. she's just delightful. I love me some Catherine Hahn, especially in this role right now. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, actually, I think I've already gone through uh, all my theories that I have for this one. Um, there's They just have so much to pull together in the upcoming episode. You know, and I, I could see – because, like, think about where it left us. Wanda in the street. You know, Agatha threatening her kids. Vision's on the way. You know, uh, Darcy's on the way, too. But God knows when she'll show up. <laughs> Probably more towards the end. Um, you know, uh, Hayward is sending in white Vision. Right? So it's going to be... I mean, it's going to be crazy. You know? And then if you have the possibility of Doctor Strange showing up, then you have the possibility of, you know, this uber villain making mm. some type of appearance, perhaps... I don't know how they would pull that off. I feel like the more likely thing at this point is that it would be more of like a Thanos-ish kind of cameo towards the end or something like that. Who knows? But I feel like there's something about that deed that makes me feel like it was planted there to bring her here to take advantage of her in her most, 
you know, vulnerable moment to get her to right. do this. You know, maybe he wants to reabsorb the chaos magic or maybe this is the moment when Nightmare wants or Cathan wants to possess her or like, I, you know, I don't know. There's so many possibilities, but there's a plus Paul Bettany has, you know, said that there's this actor that he gets to oh. act with that he's always wanted to in his whole life. And it was like amazing. And on and one who, hand, who in the hell would Paul Bettany look forward to acting against? It's like Paul Bettany himself is uh, upper echelon, you know, third tier. I don't know how you describe it, but he is a fantastic actor on his own. So sure. who would he look forward to? to acting with. I mean, you know, there's there's speculation that it's like Al Pacino and he's going to be Mephisto, uh, you know, or oh. that it's going to be uh, Sir Patrick Stewart and he's going to show up as Professor X. And like, I, you know, that I don't feels, like either of those ideas. I mean, you know, the Professor X thing feels less likely now. Uh, but then again, like we could be on the verge of like a huge like tear in the fabric of the multiverse and things just start like spilling out. Right. So who it's knows? the Punisher. It's but Punisher. here's. Here's the other here's the other possibility. What if when Paul Bettany was giving that interview, he was being super cheeky and he was talking about acting opposite himself? <laughs> oh, come on. Well, I mean, you know, I'm just considering all possibilities here because now there's a second vision who he's also playing. And I'm pretty or sure he's never gotten it's the Olsen twins. I'm pretty sure he's never gotten to act in a scene with himself the Olsen twins (laughs) yeah pretty sure it's not the Olsen well well, technically in this episode we have the white vision and the regular vision so there are two visions in this episode yeah I'm just saying you know if we're considering all possibilities here and with the amount of stuff they have to wrap up it would not be an uncharacteristic misdirection for Marvel Studios let's just say okay two words two Two words, not two worlds, two words, squirrel girl. I think it's about time. I mean, I would love to see some squirrel girl in the MCU, but I don't feel that this is the proper milieu to introduce her. As a villain. She's not a villain, though. But this this is all made up. This is makeup town. I think you should call Marvel and make your pitch for villainous squirrel girl. Yeah, work on it. I do have a couple numbers. <laughs> okay, sure. All right. Well, um, that's about it for me, man. I think I've gone through. I went through the theories, sort of like here and there, as we were talking. So, do you think we're gonna see something happen with Old Scratch or Mister Scratch or what? Or whatever. I mean, there's a pot because she was like holding it up to her ear, and it was like whispering. the whole episode, you know, down in her cave thing she's like petting him and talking to him and she feeds him a bird and well, he bug. was yeah bird bug he's definitely a character so you know maybe the the bunny is mephisto or nightmare in disguise or something like that um because all along you've been telling me that he's definitely important and now you're like well no, I maybe didn't. i said that he's named old he's named senior scratch and that's a reference to, to the devil or mephisto but right, i didn't say all the show along has been the bunnies like to, super important the, you, the show is itself has been leading us to look at that angle and now you're like well i don't know 
Well, maybe it's her familiar, Agatha's familiar, but in the comics, her familiar is a black cat. So I don't know why it would be a bunny now. Um, well, wouldn't wouldn't Mephisto be more powerful than Agatha? Wouldn't she be his familiar? Well, that's not really the way that that works as far as I know. But I mean, it's possible that there's something important about the bunny. I'm not discounting it. I'm just saying I don't know what it is beyond the fact that maybe it's one of these other characters in disguise. Um, but I don't know, man. Um, I don't know. Um, but I really there's am... been a lot of emphasis put on that bunny from the very beginning of the show. I wouldn't say a lot of emphasis. It's been there, you know. Um, they've used it several times. Um, but, you know, well, I mean, maybe maybe there is something to it. I, I just don't I just don't actually know beyond the possibilities that I've that I've just outlined. But um, that's pretty much all I have on this show. I mean, I, this episode, I'm really looking forward to the next one and seeing how this finally wraps up. I hope that it is. A I'm long. looking forward to the next one and dreading the next one because I don't want it to end in a way where it's like, oh, now I got to think about that for how long? It's oh, not, but it will. <laughs> it's not. T- yeah, it's not till episode or season two. Do I have to wait till Doctor Strange? When is this story going to be completed? No. Well, my understanding from all the interviews and things that I've read is that this is this show is the first act in a sort of multiverse arc for the MCU throughout this next phase or whatever, where the second act of this is really uh, the next Spider-Man movie, because that's apparently dealing with lots of multiverse stuff. And, you know, we've heard all the stuff about the casting of the actors from the uh, like the older Spider-Man movies uh, with Tobey right. Maguire and Andrew Garfield and all of that. And, uh, you know, a couple slips from some of the actors involved, like Zendaya talked about how working with uh, Alfred Molina and he was just like the greatest guy. And then somebody was like, wait, he's in Spider-Man. And she was like, oops. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Doc kind of a thing. So, so there's that. And then, you know, the new Dr. Strange movie is literally called Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness. And I think they just confirmed that Elizabeth Olsen is going to be in that movie. Uh, it had been suspected for a long time, and I've you know said she's there's a good chance she's the villain in that movie or a villain in that movie. Hmm. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, you know, we'll see. So I um, really do enjoy this. It's it's a different approach to movies because when you and I were growing up back in the 40s and 50s, um, we didn't have because you're you're that old, right? right. Um, we didn't have this type of you know, story building and world building going on. But now it's like, we're going to make a movie now, today, that's going to change movies for the next 30 years. Well, I really do like the interconnectedness of the MCU. Yeah. Kind of the way the comic books do it. Yeah, exactly. It's so cool to have like the movies mirror the comics where everything fits together and the story just never stops growing. So I'm pretty stoked about that. Me too. Well, on that note, thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode of Mecha Dragon. Please hit us up at Apple Podcasts or your choice of podcasting platform and give us a five-star review and or rating. That really does help the show out. Jess, would you like to give the folks at home our social media details? Oh, you mean the one where I say, do you have Facebook? We're on Facebook as Mecha Dragon. Do you have Twitter and Instagram? We're on Twitter and Instagram as Mecha Dragon Show. 
and you can shoot us an email at mechadragonshow.gmail.com or at gmail.com, sorry, with questions, comments, corrections, or topics. And we'd love to hear from you. And if you're listening to podcasts, you'll find us on every podcast platform like Spotify, Google Play, CastBox, Stitcher, everywhere else you listen to quality podcasts. Give us a thumbs up, a five-star rating, and a like, and tell all your friends about us. And we'll see you in a week when WandaVision is over. And it concludes. All right, everybody. Thanks again, and uh, until next time, take care. Until. Our music is Overworld by Kevin McLeod from Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0, creativecommons.org, slash licenses, slash buy, slash 3.0.